it's Jamie. It's going to be a while before Monica and I can get together. And I came across this story called The Night Before Christmas. It's not the typical night before Christmas that you're used to. It was written by a Ukrainian man in the 1830s, I think 1831. He is an interesting fellow, apparently very well beloved by his fellow countrymen. And he wrote a tale called The Night Before Christmas. His name is um, Russian and I'm not going to pronounce it right. So I'm going to try Nikole Gogol. So please don't kill me for mispronouncing all of these Ukrainian names. But here it goes. It was the night before Christmas. It starts off with an assessor who does nothing. He's just rolling around. He's not even working. He's just some sort of government official. And I don't really know why he's part of the story or why he's there. And we never see or hear from him again. So that's how it starts. And then there's this little black dot in the sky. And suddenly, poof, a star is gone. It's a witch. She's flying around. And she's gathering stars and collecting them up her sleeve. But don't worry. We never learn what she does with these stars. And the devil is there. And he's being very broody. He is all angry at this particular fellow whose name is Vacula. Again, sorry about the name pronunciation. This particular gentleman is a blacksmith, but as a hobby, he enjoys painting. And he painted some amazing pious work for the name of a redacted church. And the devil attempted to stop him, but he was unsuccessful, which pissed him off and he is hot for revenge. So the devil brews up this plan which involves stealing the moon. And so he goes up to the sky and he's wrestling with the moon. The moon's sort of like jumping around and some guy sees it and they're all like, oh, he was drunk. Again, the guy, guy doesn't really matter. And he puts the moon in his pocket and then poof, the whole village becomes pitch black. And the devil sidles up to the witch whispering sweet nothings in her ear and her response isn't really noted. So the, the, this is the night before Christmas. And the blacksmith is over visiting the love of his life, Oksana. She's so beautiful. And he puts up with such crappy treatment from her because she is just not that into him. He wants to marry her. He's trying to get all handsy. He's all like, give me a kiss. And she's all angry saying not nice things and then suddenly there's a knock on the door and the blacksmith is super frustrated he's sort of like i'll go see who it is now remember the moon is gone so it's pitch black so while all that is going on the story jumps around a little bit between the characters and the story what we see going on is the witch flies into her chimney which don't worry the Russian and Ukrainian stoves at this time were very elaborate, large structures used for heating and cooking. And people would sleep on them, and you could even get inside of them to wash. This is all in the footnotes. I highly encourage you to read the story. It's very interesting. So the witch peeks out to see if her son, the blacksmith, her son is the blacksmith, 
to see if the blacksmith is there visiting with friends. <clears throat> He's not lucky for her. So she pops out acting like she just wasn't on some broom. And the author makes a point here of talking about how she's 40 years old. How she's seen several men whom all believe they're her only one. However, she's super skilled at keeping these relationships and finding out about each other. This is going to be an important part of the story. The devil follows the witch into her chimney. He's kind of cold. He doesn't want to go in at He's spouting around look at the in the village he's like oh what's that oh that's Oksana's dad over there he's the super rich Cossack dude named Chope I'm just gonna call him Dad, okay he is Dad, and he is pretty far from home he's walking with some friend of his some chum they're heading over to the deacon's house to have a whole lot of vodka and some nibbles the devil flies out. He grabs a bunch of snow. And he's like, whoosh, whoosh, whoosh. I'm gonna he creates this blizzard. And to dad and, and is like, oh, I can't see. Maybe I should go back home. And that is like what the devil wants. He wants him to go back, find the blacksmith with his daughter, and then ruin his life. The chum's like, Oh, I can't find the road either. And, uh, oh, let, let's just look for it and then we'll call out to each other. And the chum ends up finding the tavern, and which excites him beyond all measure. And he is like, What? I was supposed to win? No. He was like, Cheers. And Dudak keeps calling out. He's like, Chum, chum, chum. But he can't find the road. And then he sees his house, which he thinks is his. He goes up and he's pounding on the door. So remember, the moon has been stolen and it's still pitch black. And he hears the blacksmith come out. He's like, what do you want here? Which is rather odd to ask a man who's knocking on his own door. So Duda thinks he's all wrong, that this isn't his place. He's like, oh, maybe this house looks like this other guy's house. Oh, I bet the blacksmith's over visiting that, that young wife of that guy, right? Which is just, you know, somebody else for me to pronounce terribly. We're not, we're, we're going to skip that. The blacksmith comes out closer and asks the doodad why he's there again. And the doodad decides, I'm just going to pretend um, to be someone else so he doesn't know who I am. And I'm just going to play it off. I'm going to carol her. Oh, I just, oh, I really want to sing. And the blacksmith's like, no, like, why are you here? He's like, really, I just, I wanted to sing. And blacksmith meant karate chops doodad in the shoulder. And the doodad is furious. He is like, what the hell? No, I'm going to the commissioner. I'm going to report his ass. How dare he hit me? And then he's like walking away. And he's like, oh, wait. Uh, if the blacksmith's not at home, his mom is all alone. And I should go comfort her. Oh, I should go get some warmth and comfort from her. Yeah. So meanwhile, when the devil saw Doodad walking back to his house, he flew back into the witch's chimney and he flies down. And her name is something I can't really pronounce either. So we're just going to call her the witch, even though she's the blacksmith's mom. Okay.
and he's flying in her to me and his pocket he's got the moon in like gets a hold of something and it snags and then boop the moon goes flying back up and it's daylight out so bright it's like the blizzard didn't even happen and a crowd rushes in to do dad's house and it's this bunch of girls who are like totally mean girls with Oksana and they're like doing the mean girl act and and they're like oh look at all this cool stuff that we got and Lex was like oh I could get you cool stuff Oksana when we're married and she was all like you know what if you bought me booties just like the Empress has I would marry you and the, all the girls laugh they're like, oh. and the last one was like damn it she doesn't love me he's like why why am I bothering with this? So he he leaves Oksana's house, brokenhearted, and he was just sort of like, ugh. And he's stomping off home. So the devil is at the blacksmith's house, and he's indulging himself, kissing and saying, hey, this is a quote, if she did not agree to satisfy his passions and reward him in the customary way, he was ready for anything. He'd throw himself into water and sent his soul straight into hellfire, end quote. So let's just take a minute to discuss this. How is the devil going to send his soul back to hellfire? I mean, isn't that just sort of like an easy ticket home? And, and secondly, this is told to children. Why are we explaining customary ways between men and women? So Oksana doesn't, uh, sorry, not Oksana. The witch, her name is like Solo Kaha. Again, I'm not good at pronouncing these. The witch is like, barely has time to consider what the devil's saying. And there's this knock on her door. She hears it. It's the headman. And he, he pops in and the devil's like, oh, crap. So he hops into a little sack that's just laying on the floor. And it's like, hey, babe, I was on my way to the deacon's house, but this blizzard happened. And then I saw your light on, and I was like, hey, I'd rather spend the evening with you. And before he finishes speaking, there's another knock on the door. And he's like, oh, crap, I can't be seen here. He's like, hide me. So she takes one of the sacks that's laying on the floor full of coal, dumps the coal into the bin, and then throws the sack over him. And the deacon walks in. He's like, none of my guests have shown up. So I figured, why not come and opportunity a little sport at her place? And literally sport was in italics, okay? The deacon starts pointing to all her different body parts. He's like, oh, look, here's an arm and a neck. And there's a necklace on that neck. And then there's another knock on the door. And the deacon's all like, oh, crap, I, I can't be seen here. I need you to hide me. So she takes another sack of coal, dumps it out, throws him in the sack, and then comes in to dad. And he was all like, hey, babe, so uh, are you like hiding people here? And she's like, ah, oh, um, no, I, I'm not. And then then comes like knocking and shouting, and it's the blacksmith. And dad's like, oh, crap, I can't be seen here. I need you to hide me. And she's like flustered beyond belief at this point. She had been planning on spending the evening alone, all to herself, doing whatever she wanted, 
a nice relaxing evening now selling all these men are showing up at her house so she shoves the deacon in the sack she subs doodad in the sack with the deacon sorry about that so the deacon's in the bottom of the sack doodad is on top and he's like oh this feels awkward well whatever so blacksmith's there and he's brooding and he's just there like Ugh. and then boom another knock on the door and she's like what the hell and it's this other Cossack fellow. And he, she was like, um, let's go out to the kitchen garden and I'll just listen to whatever you have to say. So the blacksmith's alone in the house and he's looking around. He's like, what the hell are all these sacks doing here? Tomorrow is a feast day and there's trash in my house. He's like, oh, I should just take these all to the smithy. And I'll use this little bag that has the devil in it for my tools. And then I'll just, you know, take all this and take it to the smithy. So he goes to grab the sack. They're too damn heavy. And he's like, oh, what a worthless fellow am I? And he calls himself a woman. Hello, patriarchy much? And he gets himself all worked up. Like, I can't even pick up these bags. I'm just like, Xana doesn't love me. I'm so worthless. Oh. And then he just lifts up all the sacks and carries them out. He's walking down the village and he hears Oksana's voice and he, she's like with her crew of mean girls and they're singing and they're like, oh, um, did you get your reward? And he was all like, oh, and he drops the sacks. She's like, do you got those booties for me yet? And he's like, oh, I can't take this anymore. I'm going to kill myself. I'm just going to go throw myself in the ice and river and just drown. And he tells her something very passive aggressive like you know i'll see you again in the next life or it was like really passive aggressive so he goes running off well he's not paying any attention to where he's going he's just sort of like brokenhearted and moody and he's like oh you know what there's this other guy um who they call Ponchi, that he knows about the, you know, he's kind of in with the devil. He knows where I can find this fellow. He's like, I haven't seen him around for a while, but I wonder, like, is he still at his place? So he goes knocking on the dude's pad and he sort of opens the door and is like, hey, uh, what's going on, bro? And uh, the mystic dude is all like sitting down with a table right at his mouth level with a bowl of noodles and he's just sucking noodles straight from the bowl. And the blacksmith, who they really do call him just the blacksmith through most of the story. It's like, man, that dude is lazy. What the hell? So he's like, oh, hey, man, um, I was just wondering if you could tell me uh, where to find the devil. And the mystic guy's like, dude, bro, he's like on your back. And the blacksmith's like, he is not making any sense at all. But the devil really was on the sack on his back. He just didn't know it. And the devil's getting all excited, like, ooh, something's going to go down. Yeah. <coughs> so, Ponchi eats all of his noodles and then, poof, magically appears two bowls. One full of dumplings, one full of sour cream. And the last was sort of, like, intrigued. Like, oh, what's, what's going to happen here? Oh, he's going to have to use his arms for this. A dumpling flies up, dips itself in the sour cream, and goes into his mouth 
blacksmith is so flabbergasted by this, his jaw just literally drops. And then the dumpling goes flying into his mouth. And he's all like, I can't eat any of this unclean food. So he flees the house. And the devil's like, oh, God damn it. Why is this night not going my way? So he hops out. And Blacksmith's all like shocked, like, oh, um, hi. Yeah, I, I was wanting to get, you know, those those booties. And I was like, oh, we, we got to sign a contract. And he was like, oh, 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 yeah. Um, I've heard, you know, we have to we have to do that in blood here. Let me grab a nail and uh, I'll, I'll, I'll get this for you. And he does like some quick moves and he grabs the devil's tail and he's like sitting on him and he's like, about to do the sign of the cross and the devil's like no 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 please anything anything but that and so the blacksmith's like take me to to petersburg and so they rise up in the air float off okay so now we're back okay so now oksana thinks maybe she's a little too full with the blacksmith really huh and she sees the sacks but they're too heavy to pick up so the girls decide to go get a sled, and then they'll just take him back to her house. Two dad is overjoyed. He's like, I can't get out of the sack here because it'll be too awkward in front of all the villagers. So he's just like, I'll just wait until we get to my house. So the girls go off. Only some dude finds the sacks, and he's like, oh no, someone's left all this cool stuff laying in the road. I know, it's so heavy. Huh. Um, so he tries picking it up, only he can't get it up by himself either. And then the weaver shows up, and the, the two men are like, we know this is not ours, so let's strike a deal. Um, we'll take it back to my place, and then we'll just split it. So they lift up the sack, they carry it to the weaver's house. Lo and behold, the weaver's wife is there. She's never there when he wants her, but she's there now. And she's got this poker, and she's like, you stole these, and this is mine, get away. And the guys are like, whoa, hold on, and um, we can work something out. So she takes a peek in one of the sacks, and she's like, it's a whole boar! And the guy's like, woo! They start dancing, and doodad is like, enough of this, what the hell? I mean, like, she peeked into the sack and thought he was a pig. So he gets out, and the one dude was like, whoa, what, um, it's, it's you, Kozak's her, and he was like, that's right, it was a test, and you passed. But I was sitting on something, and it has to be at least a piglet. And they go, and they open the bag, and are so surprised, it's the deacon. And dude says, quote, now I see it all. She had two men sitting in each sack. And I thought that I was the only one she... Uh, that's so look uh, for you. End quote. So the girls are super surprised to see that one sack is gone. But they're like, no worries. We still have the other sack. So they put the other sack on the sled. And they're jumping on it. And they're riding it. And the headman's in the sack. And he's like taking all this abuse. But he's just trying to be quiet. So they finally get to, to Oksana's house and they open up the bag and start screaming and running. Like, ah! Doodad shows up and he's like, what is going on here? She's like, there is someone in that sack. 
And he's like, uh, where'd you get the sack from? She's like, uh, the blacksmith left it in the road. And he opens up the sack and the headman comes out and do you think so? Uh, what do you, uh, grease your boots with? And the headman replies, uh, tire spider. Well, goodbye. And walks out of the house. Tina's like, oh, another one? So back to the blacksmith. Adela has sails, his head near the moon. He ducks and he was like, oh, this is kind of scary, but now it's kind of cool. And they get to Petersburg and he's like, you can't take me straight to the Empress. He's like, well, we got to find this other way there. He's like, I know these dudes that just came through not that long ago. Take me to them. So he, he goes to them. Double like makes him get there all on his own. He's not even having to like work at it. And he knocks. They're like, yo, little dude. Oh, yeah, we remember you. We're on our way to see um, the Tsarista. And he was like, hey, I really want to go, too. And they're like, oh, man, maybe some other time. And he tells it all. Make them take me. And he, they're like, oh, maybe we should bring them. And he's like, oh, you can't be dressed like that. Here, put on this really super cool uniform. So he gets all dressed up. And they go. And she's like, oh, he looks almost handsome in that fine green suit. And she's asking them questions. And then it gets to be the blacksmith's turn. And he was sweet talks her into giving him her finest pair of booties. Booties in hand, he tells the devil, take me back home. Scene. The villagers all think the blacksmith is dead. He said those very passive aggressive comments. Oksana's all forlorn. She's like, oh, when am I going to see him again? And the blacksmith doesn't show up for church. And the whole village is thinking about him. Well, when the blacksmith got home, he gets a switch. And he's like, choo, 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 on the devil's poor back. And the devil runs away. And he's all like, oh, I am done. So he just lays in the hay. And he goes to sleep until dinner time. He wakes up. And he sees that he slept through church. He's like, oh, no. Oh, no, 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 no. But he calms himself down. He's like, I will just do extra confessions. And he checks, like, oh, wait, crap. Do I still have the booties? He's like, okay, I got the booties. I'm like, okay. So he goes and he cleans himself up a bit. And he gathers up a belt, a hat, and a whip. And he heads over to Oksana's house. Doodad is shocked that this blacksmith shows up at his house, not dead, and even more so with a hat and a belt. He's like, what in the world is going on? The blacksmith's like begging for mercy and offers him the hat and the belt as a peace offering for punishment. And then says, you need to whip me. And D-Dad's like, sure, why not? So then the blacksmith's like, I demand Oksana as my wife. And T-Dad's like, uh, send for the matchmakers. Chop, chop, chop. And Oksama comes in and he's like, here's the booties you asked for. And she's like, you didn't even need the booties anymore. And she throws herself at him. And then we learn later they had a baby. And as a church penance, he painted the entire left-hand choir green with red flowers free of charge. And right when you walk in on the wall to the right, he painted the devil in hell. And everyone would spin on it psh, psh, as they went by. And the baby says, 
See what Akaka's painted there? The end. I hope you enjoyed tonight's story. And we will soon be with you.